Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. I have uh, seen a lot of funny headlines from the Babylon, Babylon Bee, a satirical site, but this one by far takes the cake. I've got that. The Omicron, which again, sounds like some kind of transformer from a really bad like Michael Bay movie. The Omicron panic, panic porn, Omicron panic porn campaign continues. Um, and Joe Biden just cannot stop lying. I'm, I'm seriously starting to question if it's if it's pathological at this point. Um, if, if, if the man has some kind of uh, incurable lying disease. Loaded show today. Don't go anywhere. Update on the Ghislaine Maxwell trials, too, which we will not let go, even though the media wants it to disappear. Uh, I was on my locals account yesterday talking about my battle with COVID, what I took. I appreciate all your concern. You all are the um, you're just the best audience in the business. I, I mean it. You, you really are. You're just so wonderful. And thank you for all the kind words. And it's with cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, Joe. Damn, it's good to have you back. Yeah, and it is so well, good to be back, too. Let me tell you. It is, buddy. Yeah. That was a lot of pent-up energy. Joe, we, we had to go with the Kenny Bell yesterday. <laughs> Some technical difficulties due to the seclusion in the uh, in the studio. I've been by myself. But my quarantine is right What? Paula's looking at me. You okay? Yeah, Paula's very... You know what? It's good to have Paula back, Joe. It's been uh -huh. a while. Yeah, been he a had, while. Uh, you know... It, it, yeah, it's good to have. It's good. You know, I I like uh, Guy and all, but looking at Paula, I gotta say, is uh, it's a lot better. A lot easier so, uh, on no, the no eyes, offense, ain't it? Guy, I know you're listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, much easier. By the way, thanks to everyone who blew up Miranda Devine's book. Um, I am one of the publishers in that book, Laptop from Hell. It is now uh, number one as of today. It is a stunning expose of the Hunter Biden laptop. Again, Miranda Devine, Laptop from Hell. Congratulations. I told you it was one of the most important books, if not the most important book of the year. That's why I wanted to roll in publishing it. Miranda Devine, Laptop from Hell. Go pick it up today. Number one. The Hunter Biden story is not going away. Here it is, fo first, uh, folks. Just I never, ever... Uh, lead, I rarely, shouldn't say never ever, but rarely if ever lead with comedy and satire. But this one, <laughs> this one just deserves it. The Babylon Bee. It is a satire site. <clears throat> Waiting for the fact checkers to fact check this, by the way. Fact checkers, get ready. Get ready. Start taking notes. Babylon Bee. <laughs> FBI hires top rated Italian bodyguard Hiluigi Clintonelli <laughs> to protect Ghislaine Maxwell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I dude. my lungs are still not recovering Hillary fact checkers you may want to fact check that is that a real body Hillary Clintonelli you may want to check her credentials was she what was she former DSS secret service what was she French foreign legion was she a mercenary you may want to check that out Hillary Clintonelli we don't know Babylon B folks strikes again <laughs> Very rarely at Bongino Report to rerun satire articles, but we ran that one today. Nice job, Babylon B. Just thought I'd open up the show with a little comedy for you. Be careful, Hiluigi Clintonelli, when she's bodyguarding you, maybe in a world of trouble there. Nice job, B. All right, getting into the important stuff here. The uh, Omicron panic porn campaign continues. And ladies and gentlemen, it is working. It's not working on you and I. We are now immune to the media coverage, which is ridiculous and stupid. Um, it is never based in facts and science, but unfortunately the left is, and this has very real consequences and we should never forget that. Um, when you poll people on the left and you ask them basic questions like what's the case fatality rate, the infection rate, the hospitalization rate for coronavirus and the various variants, you'll notice that liberals typically get the question wrong and not only wrong, but they get it dramatically wrong. They overestimate by a long shot, the danger from coronavirus. Those are the polls. Those are the facts. Why do liberals do that? Because they watch CNN, MSNBC. They listen to Lord Fauci, uh, 
a lawn gnome, a dangerous lawn gnome. They listen to these people who, who, who engage in these panic porn campaigns. And the, what's the problem for that? You may say, Dan, I don't care. <clears throat> if we're not falling for it, why do we care if liberals think coronavirus is the deadliest thing since the hantavirus? Why do we care? Well, we should care. Because these are the people who are principals of schools. They're on school boards. They're local elected leaders. A lot of these, uh, these uh, liberals, you can call them leaders. They're local elected officials. And they're the ones making your kids wear masks using draconian lockdowns and things that don't work. This does matter. Thank God, however, for people like Governor Ron DeSantis from Florida. Thank the Lord we have some good people left in this country. Here's a quick video audio of Ron DeSantis yesterday. He's calling BS. This is what a real leader looks like. I want you to notice what he does here. He acknowledges a mistake he made early on. There's nothing wrong with doing this. This is the right thing to do. And it's something Joe Biden is incapable of. Or any liberal for that matter. <clears throat> DeSantis acknowledges early on Florida had some travel restrictions. And he says, listen, it was a mistake. It didn't work. He also acknowledges in this clip that there were lockdowns as well. And the lockdowns didn't work either. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what being a leader looks like. I'm not kissing the guy's butt unnecessarily. I love Ron DeSantis. I think he's the best governor in the country. I think this guy is presidential timber, no doubt. But this is what real leaders do. Acknowledge mistakes, acknowledge them publicly, and say, we're not going to repeat those again. Everyone, take a note. Here's Ron DeSantis leading from the front. Check this out. And let me just say, in Florida, we will not let them lock you down. We will not let them take your jobs. We will not let them harm your businesses. We will not let them close your schools. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and, protect, and, and expecting a different result. The lockdowns didn't stop COVID. Force masking, they said last year, would end the pandemic if 80% wore masks. Many more than that were wearing masks and it hasn't worked. They said you could get COVID off, off surfaces, which isn't true. Um, they've not been honest about the origins of the virus and they haven't been forthright about natural immunity. And with these travel restrictions, I was probably the first governor in January of 2020 to call for travel restrictions from China. I supported President Trump when he did that. But we have to take a step back and acknowledge that those travel restrictions just didn't work. The virus had already spread. There it is, folks. That's what leadership looks like. Not being afraid to get out in front of the public and say, hey, early on, we didn't know a lot about the virus. We didn't know how infectious it was, the r not, the fatality rate about fomites, fomite surfaces, how it can spread on surfaces or fomites. We didn't know that. Now we know that. We're evolving. Maybe Fauci could learn a lesson from this and stop trying to sound so certain all the time and maybe apologize to the public instead of attacking people and claiming, I am the state. I am science. This is what real leaders do. Now, it shouldn't be lost on you that while Ron DeSantis became public enemy number one of a hapless media, Florida, which now has one of the lowest hospitalization rates and death rates in the country right now, it shouldn't be lost on you that DeSantis was attacked relentlessly when we had our annual seasonal surge in Florida, which everybody's getting now, including Michigan and states up north. It shouldn't be lost on you that he became public enemy number one, and now that this is happening up north, all of a sudden, these Democrat governors, do they get the same ire of the media? Hell to the... Mm, no, they don't. Glenn Greenwald, who does actual journalism, on his Twitter account, talked about exactly this. On the destructive, grotesque media and their contribution to a polluted media environment where liberals believe coronavirus is going to kill you tomorrow morning, leading to stupid things being done over and over again like mandates and lockdowns. Here's Greenwald's tweet. He says the U.S. media framework framework has been fascinating to watch. COVID deaths prior to January 20th, 2021. What was the media narrative? Trump personally murdered them. Red state COVID deaths after January 20th, 2021. The governor murdered them. Blue state COVID deaths after January 20th, 2021. Unavoidable tragedy. Perfectly stated. So when Trump was in office, the media narrative was clear. These destructive, grotesque hacks that are a stain on this country and a rotting cancer to this country from the inside out because they cannot tell the truth. I will protect their right to be free always to the day I die. But they have the right to be stupid and they take you up on it at every single opportunity. 
Trump was in office. What was the media narrative? Trump personally murdered all these people. He didn't take it seriously, coronavirus. Yet now more people are dead in 2021. Their God, Joe Biden, is in office. And what happens? Oh, man, this thing's just out of control. It's defeating all these mechanisms. Joe Biden, what's he going to do? Red state governors, elevated death rates during seasonal outbreaks. Oh, my gosh, they personally killed them. Blue state governors, same thing. Oh, no, it's an unavoidable tragedy. There's nothing we can do. Clowns, clowns. Speaking of media misinformation, a stunning clip emerged. Joe, wouldn't you agree that if you watch this, you'd probably like, wait, what? Where was this? A pretty shocking clip emerged from March of 2016 of Peter Daszak. Oh, yeah. Who ran EcoHealth Alliance. Peter Daszak, right? I watched this thing. I'm like, where was this? So the media is still covering for the lab leak theory. They're still trying to cover that up and not tell the truth about it. Still implying it's a conspiracy theory and others promoting the Fauci nonsense. Because why? Because Trump early on had indicated that China was likely behind the leak of this lab of this virus. That they, whether it was accidental or not, we don't know. But they could not have Trump be proven right about anything. So when Trump said lab leak theory, I don't know, we got to check that out. The media said eh, conspiracy theory because they had to attack Donald Trump because that's what they do. Well, this just emerged. This is Peter Daszak, who's alleged by multiple reports to have been involved with this EcoHealth Alliance that got funding from the U.S. government and passed some of that funding on to the Wuhan lab where this virus may have leaked from. Here is Peter Daszak in March of 2016, this video service. Hat tip Hans Monkey on social media. He did a great job here. Here's Daszak talking about how the Wuhan lab manipulates the spike proteins on a SARS virus to enable it to infect human beings. This is real. And I want you to pay very close attention to something. Look at the guy. The guy's name is Ian Lipkin. Off his right shoulder, Daszak, as he's talking. As Daszak starts to talk about how you manipulate one of these viruses to make it easy to infect human beings. Watch the guy's response. He's shocked. Check this out. We found other coronaviruses in bats, a whole host of them. Some of them looked very similar to SARS. So we sequenced the spike protein, the protein that attaches to cells. Then we, well, I didn't do this work, but my colleagues in China did the work. You create pseudoparticles, you you insert the spike proteins from those viruses, see if they bind to human cells. And each step of this, you move closer and closer to this virus could really become pathogenic in people. Folks, where's, where's the media on this? Where's the media on this? He just laid out a game plan on how to make a SARS coronavirus more infectious so it can infect human tissue. Yeah, what is that? We hear that. Wait, that is the media. Oh, it isn't the media. Yes, it's a swarm of crickets again. It's a, it's a chorus of crickets. <laughs> media is nowhere. <laughs> Trump knew the whole time. And yet the media, in an effort to cover up for their communist buddies in China and try to make Trump look bad, could not have Trump get a messaging victory by calling out China early and often. So when Trump said the lab leak theory is worth entertaining, the media had to say, no, it's not. Why? Because they're anti-anti-communist. That's why. Remember the David Horowitz theory of the left. Yeah. <clears throat> Where are the anti-communists? Us. Joe, me, Paula, Guy, Jim, Mike. We fight communism. We fight collectivism. The media and the left are the anti-anti-communists. They will align with anyone to attack us. They're the anti-anti-communists. If they have to align with the Chinese Communist Party, the Wuhan lab, the murderous Iranian regime, they don't care. Their sole goal is to defeat us. They have no principles at all. When you understand Horowitz's anti-anti-communist theory, ladies and gentlemen, everything makes sense. I strongly encourage you to look it up. The left will align with anyone, an Iranian regime that throws uh, gay men and women off buildings, uh, Chinese Communist Party that infects and kills uh, American citizens with a deadly virus. They don't care. As long as those people work as pawns against us, the anti-communists, that's all that matters to them. I promise you will stop asking the question, why do liberals do this after you understand the anti-anti-communist theory? I promise. You will never ask that question again. It will become crystal clear why the left does what it does.
It'll also become crystal clear why the media keeps protecting Biden. I'm going to get to this video here in a second. This is Peter Ducey calling out Peppermint Patty on an obvious Biden lie that it's easily discredited. Biden, after the remember uh, the travel Trump travel restrictions, which were instituted January 31st of 2020 from China when we first got word of the uh, the uh, coronavirus outbreak. Right. So Ducey asks a pretty common sense question of Peppermint. I'm going to get to this in a second. Hey, I thought this was racist and xenophobic. Now you're doing the same thing with restrictions from African countries. We'll get to Peppermint's response, but it goes to show you again how outside of Fox and Peter Ducey, no one in the media will ask this guy or his administration an honest question because they're anti-anti-communists. They're fighting against us. No matter how hopeless and how much of a liar, duplicitous liar Biden is, it doesn't really matter. They'll protect him because they have to come after us. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. So without further ado, here is Peter Ducey questioning Peppermint Patty on why they challenged Trump's travel restrictions during Corona and lobbed all kinds of nonsense at him. And now they're doing the exact same thing. Check this out. Before Joe Biden was president, he mm-hmm. said that COVID travel restrictions on foreign countries were hysterical xenophobia and fear mongering. So what changed? Well, I would say first to put it in full context, Peter, what the president was critical of was the way that the former president put out, I believe, a xenophobic tweet uh, and how he called that what he called the coronavirus uh, and and who he directed it at. The president has not been critical of travel restrictions. We have put those in place ourselves. We put them in place ourselves in the spring. But no, he does not believe. He believes we should uh, follow the advice of health and medical experts. That's exactly what he did in putting in place these restrictions over the weekend. Notice what Peppermint does there. She says, well, you know, we were challenging Trump's uh, xenophobic tweets about the travel ban at the time, and that's what we were doing. So just to be clear, to call these people out, to show you how Biden is an unrepentant liar and everyone who represents them, Peppermint, is another unrepentant liar. Listen to me for a second, please. These people are not stupid. Peppermint isn't stupid. Well, Biden maybe. Everyone around Biden except Biden who's stupid, is not stupid. So just to be clear, she's saying now so we can follow the logic and call it out. Peppermint's saying, no, no. When we called out Trump's travel restrictions from China, we weren't challenging the travel restrictions. Do you notice this, Joe? She says, we were were challenging (laughs) his xenophobic tweet about it where he said that the China virus. You were. Ladies and gentlemen, look at the date. You'll notice that the date on the Joe Biden tweet where he challenged the uh, travel restrictions is before Trump made the tweet on March 18th that they didn't like about the so-called China virus. So Joe Biden was calling out a xenophobic tweet days before the tweet was sent. What did he see? uh, Marty McFly back to the view. What did they do? They get in the DeLorean. (laughs) Was there the flux capacitor inside? <laughs> was it the later one? It was like a, it was like an environmentally friendly one. How'd they do that? Ladies and gentlemen, these people are liars. They don't, they lie because to be crystal clear, they're not stupid. They think you're stupid. We were challenging Trump's tweet with our own tweet. How? You tweeted it days before Trump tweeted it. Are you following me? How these people are such liars. She goes, we weren't calling out the travel bit. You were. She goes, we were just calling out his characterization of the virus as the China virus. How? 
The tweet in question from Biden was days before the tweet from Trump. I, I can't. I can't with the lying. I can't with the lying. It's just unfathomable that a media that was obsessed with calling Trump a pathological liar has given a pass to the most pathological liar, even including Obama, to ever walk in the White House, Joe Biden. This guy, he is incapable of telling the truth about anything, even his own autobiography. He thinks you won't go and look at the date of the tweets. Here's the tweet. A wall will not stop the coronavirus. Banning all travel from Europe or any other part of the world will not stop it. This disease can impact every nation on, an, on the planet, and we need a plan to combat it. There he is, calling out travel bans. The guy is full of crap. We're calling out travel bans. It's right there. We're calling out a xenophobic tweet days before he said it. <sighs> Proving again, by the way, that Biden cannot stop lying because they're not stupid. He thinks you're stupid. He says things that anyone doing a modicum of research, you don't have to be a political scientist, can easily discredit the minute he says them. He gave a speech yesterday, Biden, on how great the economy's doing and all this other stuff he's doing. And it was so laden with easily refutable lies. I can't believe even dumb liberals continue to fall for this. Here's an example. Wall Street Journal covers this. They say Biden's partisan pandemic history. The president wastes another opportunity to lead on COVID. So they talk about Biden's lies yesterday in his speech about the economy. They say, quote, usually Biden's whoppers involve his continuing effort to pretend the economy was a wreck when he took office. Initially, the whoppers were intended to justify his massive interventions in the marketplace. Now they help to obscure the fact that real GDP growth was faster and inflation was lower when he took office than they are today. This is the point I made to Nomiki Kantz when she came on my Fox show unfiltered to, uh, <coughs> excuse me, to a uh, debate. They keep saying Joe Biden rescued the economy from Donald Trump. Ladies and gentlemen, GDP growth was faster and inflation was lower in the months before Biden took office when Trump was still in charge. That's a fact. You can look it up. Go put in GDP growth by month, inflation by month, inflation by quarter. That's a fact. These people lie to you. Biden keeps pretending he came into office and saved you from the dastardly Donald Trump and those poor GDP growth rates and high inflation. None of that happened till Biden got in office. I'm, so, I'm a little intense today. I'm so, <clears throat> sorry, I got a lot of energy. I know sometimes people get a little... Uh, offended by my intensity i uh, my apologies I, I don't mean to aggravate you on a tuesday i'm just really emotional about this topic because can these people ever tell the truth i had some ridiculous fact checker reach out to me yesterday on Facebook, some bayless bayless wagner dunce Saying, well, you know, hey, I'm looking at fact-checking your post about Nancy Pelosi potentially moving to Florida. I'm like, are you kidding? You have the president of the United States who lies about everything. His autobiography. When Trump sent a tweet, he lies about GDP growth. He lies about inflation. He even lies about the unemployment rate. I'll get to that in a second. And these idiot dunce fact-checkers waste all their time on inanities and stupidity. Is Nancy Pelosi moving to Florida? God, I hope not. Idiots. Idiots. I'm embarrassed for them. Can't believe these, their parents spawned such idiots. Your country can go moving into, burning down into flames here. And you got fact checkers worried about Nancy Pelosi and my opinion on some reports if she's moving to Florida. Idiots. Here's another one from the journal article. An easily refutable lie. This guy can never tell the truth about anything. Here's Biden yesterday. Quote, we've made historic progress over the last 10 months. Unemployment is down to 4.6%, two years faster than everyone expected. When we started at this job, it was over 14%. Oh my gosh. Folks, no, it wasn't. As the journal indicates, the employment rate was less than half that level when he started the job, according to Biden's own Department of Labor. 
In fact, the rate had been running below 7% for several months before he took office. The economy staged a historic rebound in the second half of 2020 following the spring shutdowns. To our liberal non-friends out there, do you ever get tired of this? Do you ever get tired of being an idiot? Do you ever get tired of falling for this BS? Do you ever get tired of being lied to? The unemployment rate when Biden took office was not 14%. Ask his own Department of Labor. Why are you being lied to? Because he doesn't respect you. He thinks you're an imbecile and that you'll never look it up. This man does not respect you. He is a serial pathological liar who doesn't have a shred of dignity or intelligence. He is the worst candidate I have ever seen to run for the presidency, ever. He is a grotesque human being. Now you'll know the truth when your liberal friends regurgitate the stupidity. Biden had 14% unemployment. Dumped it all. That's just not true. That's just not true. He's making it up. All right, moving on. Folks, um, big trouble ahead with uh, with Twitter. The new CEO of Twitter uh, is not, this is not good. His name is Parag Agrawal. Forgive me if I'm saying your name wrong. It's not intentional. Parag Agrawal. Jack Dorsey, as you heard yesterday, we broke it on the show yesterday as well, um, is leaving as the CEO of Twitter. I'm hearing it's because of a lot of investor pressure. He's the CEO of Twitter and Square. For those of you who don't know, by the way, a little inside baseball, me being in the uh, tech business as well. Jack Dorsey's plaything is Twitter. Jack makes his money from Square, the payment processor, which is, uh, which is another disaster that I'll be dealing with again at a later date. But uh, that's where he makes his money. That's his, Twitter's his plaything. It's why he doesn't care. If Twitter folds tomorrow, I don't think he would like it, but it's not going to affect him financially as much as Square would if Square were to fold. So he messes with conservatives and they discriminate against conservatives. So they appointed a new CEO, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, people panicked, and you should, because I believe this new CEO is going to usher in a new era of censorship. You may say, which you should, you should always question me, as I say often, and I will continue to say. If you believe you are authentic and your materials are materials authentic, you should always implore your listeners, viewers, and readers to question you as well. It only builds faith and trust, and that's all that matters in this business. Here's what I'm basing this on. The new CEO of Twitter, I think, is going to be even worse than Jack Dorsey. I'd like you to read some of his comments. This was an interview he gave a long time ago. I'm just going to read some of of these. You'll see it up on the screen if you're watching home on Rumble. This is disturbing. Again, the new CEO of Twitter, Parag Agrawal. He said, quote, our role is not to be bound by the First Amendment. It is? Wait, what? Our role is not to be bound by the First Amendment, but our role is to serve a healthy public conversation and our moves are reflective of things we believe will lead to a healthier public conversation. The kinds of things we do about this focus less on thinking about free speech, but thinking about how the times have changed. Paula just said, so he's not really concerned so much about free speech. He wants to focus, he wants to quote, focus less on thinking about free speech, but how the times have changed. I thought free speech was a bedrock, evergreen, God-given right in this country. That's what I thought. Big R, God-given right. That's, that's, what I, that's what I thought. But times are changing. Yeah, times are changing. We have a group of communist, socialist, speech censors, anti-civil liberty activists out there eager to crush free speech. And it appears from this guy's comments that he's one of them. You think, oh, well, maybe that was just one interview. No, here's another. This is a tweet by Parag Agrawal, who is at Paraga, Parag A on Twitter, his platform, which he's the CEO of now. He says, quote, I'm not sure what is more troubling, the death of free speech or that, or that peace in society is threatened, that's a quote, if a book is not banned. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm imploring you with humility and respect to go find another option to Twitter. This is only going to get worse. They are likely going to double and triple down on their eager speech censorship of conservatives. By the way, I noticed yesterday a uh, massive jump for Parler in the app store yesterday, which probably had a lot to do with people preparing for their eventual banning from Twitter. It leaped uh, quite a bit in the app store. So I'm not surprised at all by that. Not unusual. Everybody should have an alternate plan. Um, Let me get to this also as well yesterday on the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. 
Listen, we're not going to let this go. Tucker covered this last night as well as uh, me on my show yesterday, and he did a good job. He was discussing how the Ghislaine Maxwell trial is inconvenient for the media to cover. It's inconvenient for the media to cover because a lot of the prominent people involved in the alleged sexual abuse of young girls um, happen to be Democrats and Democrat donors. And as I said yesterday on the show, I don't give a damn if you're a Republican conservative. I don't care what your political affiliation is. If you were involved with this Epstein case, you're going down on this show, too. But one of the prominent names involved in the alleged sexual abuse of young girls is Bill Clinton who witnesses indicate may have been on Epstein Island with two young girls. Well, some details emerged at the case yesterday, which are really, really disgusting. I'll keep the more uh, the worst parts out for the sake of keeping the you know show so you can listen to it. But this is a Washington Examiner article by Barnini, uh, Barnini Chagraborty. Prosecutors give graphic details of abuse during opening statements in Ghislaine Maxwell criminal trial. The prosecutor's Laura Pomerantz. She began her opening statement by telling the story of a 14-year-old girl named Jane who was attending a youth camp. She says, quote, she was sitting at a picnic table for kids when a man and a woman walked by, Pomerantz told the jury. The man introduced himself as someone who gave scholarships for kids. This is disgusting. They asked Jane for her phone number. She's 14, folks. What Jane didn't know then was that this meeting at summer camp was the beginning of a nightmare that would last for years. The child is 14 years old, folks. She's 14. And then you got Geraldo defending Ghislaine Maxwell yesterday. On the five figures. 14. You don't need to have kids to understand. You're 14. That case is really tough to talk about. Like I said, I'm a father to two daughters, but you don't need to be a father to two daughters to understand the depravity of this case. This is a middle-aged man preying on kids barely in high school freaking disgusting disgusting Uh, sorry i'm not letting that case go i told you why the media doesn't want to talk about it who is in that black book they didn't offer Ghislaine maxwell a plea deal folks i discussed it yesterday what does that tell you That tells you they don't need her to flip on someone else. The only reason you offer someone a plea bargain or a lesser charge is because you need their information to get a bigger fish. If they're not offering her a plea deal, that says to me as an investigator, she is the big fish. And other people they're working with are diming her out and the story's going to get worse. Who else is in that black book? 14-year-old girls. Gross. All right. I will stay on top of this case. You have my word. We're not letting it go. The media may want to hide it, but we're not going to play that game. Hey, this is an interesting article I saw at Zero Hedge. It'll be in my newsletter today, Bongino.com slash newsletter. Please uh, subscribe. It's free. We don't spam your inbox. I send you the best news stories of the day. It makes it easier to follow the show. Uh, Bongino.com slash newsletter. We really appreciate that. This has to be the most ironic article I've seen in a long time written anywhere. Zero Hedge, Tyler Durden. Hillary bemoans lack of media gatekeepers and the spread of disinformation. (laughs) Wait, what? Ladies and gentlemen, the cojones on Hillary Clinton. This is the queen of disinformation. See, they learned their lesson in the collusion hoax. What was the lesson you think they learned? You know the answer. During the collusion hoax, Hillary Clinton got burned by people like me, John Solomon, Molly Hemingway. Sarah Carter, Hannity, Levin. She got burned by all of us. Why? Greg Jarrett. Because we as independent reporters, not don't insult me by calling me a journalist, right? Went out there, dug up sources, and found out that the collusion hoax was a Hillary-generated scam to hijack the Justice Department. It's simple as that. Hillary Clinton and the left learned their lesson. Their lesson isn't don't try to frame Donald Trump for fake Russian collusion anymore using disinformation. The lesson they learned 
was keep doing it, but just make sure you shut down the truth tellers out there so we don't get caught in the lie. That's the lesson they learned. Make no mistake. That's why they're using media idiots like Rachel Maddow, Moscow Rach, Russia Rach, Moscow Maddow, excuse me. That's why they're using her and the cat lady and others to push these new narratives that we are somehow responsible for the disinformation and we should be shut down. It is the classic accuse your opponent of what you're doing thing. Imagine the cojones on Hillary Clinton, the queen of disinformation, talking about new media gatekeepers to stop disinformation. Please understand the takeaways here. That is exactly what they're doing. The only lesson they learn, learn from the collusion hoax is do it again, but shut down Bongino, Jarrett, everyone else so that they can't get the truth out there. That's the only lesson they learn. <clears throat> Hence, they're flipping the script from being disinformation czars themselves to accusing others of doing it. All right, let me get to this video here. This is a good one. This is a double appearance by Ron DeSantis today on the show. Uh, <laughs> listen, I like Ron DeSantis. I think he's terrific. I think he's a real leader. But it's relevant here to also the disinformation campaigns that continue by the media and how we're all waking up. How do I know we're waking up? Because I look at the poll data. I believe in science and data. When you ask Republicans and conservatives, do you trust the media? The numbers are abysmal. Some cases they're in the, the beneath 20%. Think about that. Way beneath. Less than two out of 10 people trust anything that comes from an outlet whose only job is supposed to get you the facts. If that doesn't speak to the epic failure of the media at their one job to get the facts out there, I don't know what does. Your only job is to give people the facts. And yet two out of 10 people, when they hear the facts from you, don't believe them. On the Republican side. That should tell you something. We're winning. DeSantis gets that. He understands. Public enemy number one when it comes to the battle for truth. Public enemy number one against the truth is the American media. A grotesque operation. Here's DeSantis calling him out with what, which, with, with, with what was, I think, <clears throat> a new low for the media. The Waukesha massacre. The Waukesha massacre, which we will not let go. The media decided it would be a good idea to blame it on the SUV as if it was like a transformer and decided to operate on its own using artificial intelligence and mow people down at a parade. Why? Because they don't want you focused on the alleged perpetrator in the case who happens to be a male black with some alleged BLM ties. They don't, or, or allegiances to BLM based on some social media postage. They don't want any of that out there. Any of that. So DeSantis called him out for it. Yes, he wrecks the media here over their disgusting Waukesha coverage. Again, this is what leadership looks like. Check this out. Is that how it works? The SUVs, they just drive by themselves? This just kind of happened? And they say, oh, this was a big accident. Uh, you never actually hear the discussion about who committed this. Uh, what was the motivation? Uh, this guy was a career criminal, let out on, didn't really have any bail, basically. Should not have even been on the street. Uh, had clear anti-white animus. Uh, and this was an intentional act. And it seems like, you know, for corporate press, they're more apt to uh, characterize a parent who goes to a school board meeting to protest bad policies as a domestic terrorist than somebody who intentionally rams an SUV into a crowd of innocent people. So you have at least six have died. You have many more that have been injured. I know many people are in the hospital. And so uh, let's just be clear. This was not a car just driving in. This was an attack by a felon who did that, who should not have been on the street Ron DeSantis understands the assignment here. Folks, we will never have a unified country and a constitutional republic with a common set of operating principles and values if we can't have a media operation out there that tells the truth. How are you going to make decisions about what's best for the country when what's best is obvious based on the data and the data is hidden by a media operation engaged in full-time activism and propaganda? How are you going to do it? You're not. You're never going to have a country. What was DeSantis talking about? He was talking about this abhorrent tweet by the Washington Post about the Waukesha massacre. Washington Post, Twitter. Here's what we know so far in the sequence of events that led to the Waukesha tragedy caused by an SUV. Caused by an SUV, folks. Mm. As if the mm. SUV randomly by itself, with no assistance whatsoever, mowed down a young child and others taking their lives all too prematurely. 
It was an SUV that did it. Folks, ignore these idiots. They were rotting cancer to this country. If this was a MAGA hat-wearing guy in a van who mowed down people at a BLM parade, this would be the lead story on the news for the next hundred years. Damn straight. Yeah. You know it. But because it's not, and because it's a guy with a questionable social media history with some BLM stuff on there, who mowed down a bunch of victims at a parade in middle America, all of a sudden they want to memory hold the story. We're not going to let it happen. I'm not going to let it happen. This case isn't going away. Elaine Maxwell's case isn't going away. And this is why I encourage you strongly. I know it, it sounds, sounds selfish of me to say, I'm not saying it to be selfish. Please continue to use this show as a source of news. There are other shows out there too. There's some great commentators out there. You got Mark Levin. You got Tucker. You got Steve Dace. You got other true tellers out there too. It's not just about me. Please find your truth there because your truth is the truth. It's not the your truth like the leftists say it. The truth is the truth. It is an objective, not subjective standard. It's an honor to have you here. We won't let you down. All right, let me get to my last sponsor. And then I want to get to our, uh, <clears throat> the beatings will continue until morale improves. Remember the housing crisis, Joe? Remember that? Oh, kind of yeah. hard to forget, yeah. right? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, country's economy went in the toilet bowl yeah. for uh, about a year after the housing market collapsed. Well, what if I told you they're doing the exact same thing again? Of course they are, because why, folks? Oh, yeah. The beatings will continue until morale improves. Why do you miss Paula in the studio? I get a lot of emails about that. She's back. She is back to Paulita. Okay. The beatings will continue until morale improves. Folks, listen, I was no big fan of the Bush administration. It's not personal. Bush was always very nice to me and his family was always very nice to me. I worked with him, as you well know, my prior line of work. Um, but I was not a big fan of their politics. I thought they were kind of big government Republicans. It bothered me, a lot of stuff they did. But one of the things I, Joe, you may not even remember this, but um, when we first started doing the show, one of the things that always bothered me about the left's constant lying, the media's cover-ups, is even when the evidence is right in front of your face that a radical leftist policy did something, not in the, uh, you know, Ilhan Omar way. Some people did something with that disgusting tweet. But when it's on, like, on tape, right. to cite the good old days, right? On act- When it's on tape that the liberals did something, and you go, wait, we said this was going to happen if liberals did X, and then Y happened, and then they look back and they go, no, 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 we didn't do it, Republicans do it. I was an unnecessarily long way of saying, the housing crisis. One of the things that always ticked me off about the housing crisis is, Every single conservative on planet Earth and even milquetoast Republicans like George W. Bush and their administration warned that if the government bought through GSEs, Fannie and Freddie, a lot of mortgages, which incentivized people to give mortgages to people who couldn't afford them, that eventually people were going to default on the house. We we're going to have a housing crisis. And then when it happened, what happened with liberals? Well, thankfully, they apologized and said, we're really sorry for promoting these GSEs and trying to get people who couldn't afford them. In house. No, no, I'm sorry. Verdict is in. None of that happened. The liberals turned around after the housing crisis we predicted happened, and liberals said what? It was deregulation that did it. Right. It was? It's deregulation that did it. One, the deregulation happened under Bill Clinton that they're talking about, and second, that had nothing to do with local banks, deregulation, and the financial crisis that resulted afterwards. It was largely investment banks and others. I don't know. What are you, what are you even talking about? You just made that up. Here's what I mean. I want you to look back. This is an oldie but goodie here. Here's a video clip from Fox taken back in the day warning about exactly this, how the Bush administration and others warned about the housing crisis before it happened, saying, hey, we've got these government-sponsored entities, Fannie and Freddie, buying mortgages from people, incentivizing banks to give mortgages to people who can't afford them. I want you to watch this. And then the liberals memory hole this like none of this happened. Check this out. The Bush administration raised red flags starting in April 2001. The O2 budget request declares that the size of mortgage giants Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac is, quote, a potential problem because financial trouble in either one of them could, quote, cause strong repercussions in financial markets. In 2003, the White House warning about Fannie and Freddie 
was upgraded to a systemic risk that could spread beyond just the housing sector. In fall of 03, the Bush administration was pushing Congress hard to create a new federal agency to regulate and supervise Fannie and Freddie, both government-sponsored enterprises or GSEs. We need a strong, uh, world-class regulatory agency to oversee the prudential operations of the GSEs uh, and the safety and the soundness of their financial activities. But then Treasury Secretary Snow was getting a lot of pushback from then-ranking member, now chairman of the House Financial Services Committee, Democratic Congressman Barney Frank. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are not in a crisis. In fact, Frank said the federal government should be encouraging Fannie and Freddie to do more to get low-income families into homes. And he believed too many people had a sky-is-falling mentality. The more people in my judgment, exaggerate a threat of safety and soundness. The more people conjure up the possibility of serious financial losses to the Treasury, which I do not see, I think we see entities that are fundamentally sound financially. Okay, well, why am I showing you that now? Yeah, Dan, the housing crisis happened, so what? Republicans warned about it. Barney Frank and the Democrats said, it's right there. It's right there on tape. No, no, no worries, Barney Frank. No worries, nothing's going to happen. Because, folks, after it did happen and they blamed deregulation, which was total nonsense, you believe they're doing it again? Even worse? <laughs> no, they are. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Wall Street Journal article. They're doing it again. And what's the date? November 30th. Mark the date. Record the time. We're about, I don't know, 45 minutes plus into the show. I don't know, 50 minutes. Record this for your friends. When the housing market collapses again, remember this day. Fannie and Freddie are doing the same thing again. Wall Street Journal. Headline, the housing gang's getting back together for another bust. Fannie and Freddie will buy mortgages up to $1 million now, repeating the mistakes that led to the 2008 crash. None of this will matter. The market will crash again, and I promise you the left will go, Trump did it, Mar-a-Lago, because they're idiots, even though we're warning them right now. Here we go again, the Wall Street Journal says. The only difference that the administration is proposing and what brought about the 2008 financial crisis is that the economy is already in an inflationary period induced by the administration's other policies. This will make home ownership even riskier. In addition, Fannie and Freddie now, get a load of this, Joe, will be buying mortgages up to a million dollars instead of just 450000 like they did today. Good job, fellas. Good job. Well done. You guys are awesome. It's not like this didn't happen in our lifetimes just a few years ago. You know, this isn't the Great Depression. It didn't happen with James Polk in the White House. This just happened. And instead of Fannie and Freddie saying, hey, let's not do more of what caused the crisis. They're saying, no, let's do double what bought the let's double. Let's double the mortgages we buy now. Oh, oh. dude. And you were apologizing <laughs> for being fired up today. Really? Oh, I, I, it does. And Joe, what's, here's what's the most frustrating. You know, as well as I do. None of this matters, dude. It doesn't matter. I fully realize the market will crash. Joe Biden's uh, overseers that expanded the same program that caused the crash in the first place will take no responsibility at all. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. By the way, here's one more quick example before I move on to our, we have a hero of the day today and a good one. You know, the left lies to you all the time. Biden lies to you and the media covers for them. You know, they're pushing this Green New Deal and all these energy taxes now, a carbon tax, Green New Deal, gas taxes, all this other stuff. So I, I pulled a um, blog from a, what is it, a Rose by Another Name blog. It's pretty good. And they, they put a chart together how energy taxes, which liberals claim are, you know, helping the poor and helping the environment, actually screw over the poor most of all. Look at this chart here you'll see that the percentage of people who make $120,000 or more, it is a relatively small portion of their income, electricity, gasoline, heating, gas, and fuel oil. Yet if you make less than $20,000, it is a monstrous part of your daily budget. But again, just keep making it more expensive for the poor. The rich don't care. It's a minuscule portion of what they spend their money on. Poor spend a whole lot. But keep it up, leftists. In it for the cause. You guys are great. Nice job. Really well done. All right, let me get to some good news on a Tuesday. It's a relatively joyous season, the Christmas season. 
This is Enos Cantor. Have you heard of Enos Cantor? Enos Cantor is a uh, basketball player for the Celtics. This guy is a real hero, a genuine human being. Um, he left Turkey. He was, uh, you know, not a big fan of the totalitarian regime in Turkey. So Enos Cantor left. He's now in the NBA, and he became an American citizen this week. He was on Tucker Carlson last night, and gosh, it is so refreshing to see professional athletes like this celebrate and love this great country that give them the opportunity to play the sport they love for a significant financial reward. This is a really wonderful human being, this Enos Cantor. I want you to listen to him last night on Tucker. Check this out. Much more than a lot of us who grew up with those freedoms. Just, have you noticed that? You know, I feel like I'm going to just say this, and I'm going to be honest. People should feel really blessed and lucky to be in, this, be in, be in America because, you know, they love the criticize it. But when you live a country like Turkey or, or, you know, China or somewhere else, you will appreciate the freedoms you have here. Yes. You know, that is exactly so I feel like they should just please, they, they, they should just keep their mouth shut and stop criticizing the greatest uh, nation in the world. And they should focus on, you know, the, their freedoms and their human, human rights and their uh, democracy. So this is America give me everything I have. So I, I definitely appreciate uh, the United States of America. All right, folks, that's our hero of the day. We haven't had one of those in a while. Ennis Cantor, uh, just a really terrific show. I'm going to try to get him on my show. He's, uh, he's spectacular. Just someone that celebrates America and all these wonderful opportunities. Folks, for as bad as it gets with this incompetent buffoon in the White House, don't ever forget, this is still the greatest country on earth. Still. God touched this place a long time ago, I'm convinced. Absolutely convinced. And uh, just on a note, just be careful uh, about that. Hiluigi Clintonelli, folks, stay on top of that. If we can get a fact checker out there to check on that, <laughs> just to be sure. Hiluigi Clintonelli. Make sure you check out that. Babylon B story, by the way, will be in the show notes as well, in addition to that Bongino report. Hey, please download my show at Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino. If you could subscribe as well, we'd appreciate it. It is free. It is of no cost. You hate the word subscribe. Follow the show, whatever. There's a follow button there. We're almost at 2 million subscribers there, followers. I would deeply appreciate it. Rumble com slash Bongino. Thank you very much. I will see you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.